The most important thing, obviously, is that Abakio punches Jorno in the titty. He That's pokes right. him hard. That's right. So Abakio is like constantly talking with Jorno. He's like, Jorno, get away from Fugo's I like that part. Where he's like, too. slowly really, walk to really, me. Yeah, just walk away. Stay away from the stand. And Jorno's like, what? 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 <laughs> Jorno suddenly becomes a toddler who will not get out of the street. Well, it's like Abakio could just be like, let me explain. But he is panicking and therefore, and right. also doesn't respect well, Jorno. Yeah. Well, and also they're like still kind of in range maybe. Yeah. So, so right. But I mean, even so he could be like, that will kill you. Like that yeah, is a virus. Right. That's a Fugo very stand, dangerous stand. Please get away. Yeah. Also, I don't think he wants to explain stands to uh, Jorno still. Right. That's true. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't respect Jorno. Enough so. to, to tell him yeah. how the stand works. But I do like all of their interactions. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. And again, this isn't about shipping Jorno and Abakio. It's not a question of that. It's a question of enjoying the sexual tension between them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, and this is so this is not only where he pokes Jorno in the titty window, but he also uh, grabs Jorno's lapels, but smushes his titties yeah. in the process. And the camera the goes like, right are just right like there. so into it. Yeah. And also when he's yelling at Jorno, I mean... He's like breathing into his mouth. This is how I always communicate with people that I don't like and am stressed out about is I put my nose against their nose and just get right up in there. Just... He learned how to uh, socialize from Bruno. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Also. We'll just lick a stranger. Yeah. But I mean, this is also like Darius, where you like, he's just being a cop. Like, is this yeah, that's, I like, think he like learned this in cop school. Aggressive just, like, cop behavior. Aggressive homosexual yeah. energy. <laughs> the classic good cop, horny cop routine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To quote Frazier. Yes. There it's, you go. Um, it's really like, or maybe he just went to stripper cop school. Like, mm. like fake. Oh, shit. Fake, Maybe is Abakio a real cop? That's right. He was Wait, never a real cop. He was is, just a stripper. This would explain can, so much. Which is why it's not problematic to stand Abakio. Oh my God. Abakio. That would explain everything. <laughs> he wasn't a bad cop. He was just a stripper. He was a naughty cop. Yeah. He just he had the um, wrong address. <laughs> like, I'm here for a bachelor party. <laughs> Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Explainer, a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Courtney Stanton. I'm Darius Kazemi. And I'm Elizabeth Simmons. And today we're here to talk to you about anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder. And Jay Guile. We're in Pompeii. Yes, we're the in city of the dead. Scenic Pompeii. We get some tourism. We learn um, all about that one skeleton that died right while it was jerking off. That's um, right. And yeah, Fugo knows all the these skeleton things. skeleton that died. Yeah. <laughs> Convenient that it was a skeleton to begin with. Yeah. At the very beginning of the skeleton war, Pompeii yeah. erupted, yeah. burying an entire army of the undead while That's they were true. in the midst of jerking off. Yeah. <laughs> On August 24th, 79 AD. AD. Yeah, right. Thanks, Fugo. Yeah. I start getting confused because I'm like, who's narrating this? This isn't our narrator. And I'm like, oh, it's just Fugo in the car. I really like how we get some Abakio inner monologue. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. thank you. Just yeah. a little. Fugo's always like. I like how it cuts away and Fugo's going like. Fugo doesn't have road rage. Fugo just has rage rage. He's yeah. Just he just mad. has. He's he's mad. Um, Fugo. It, see, if they had an interpretation of the Incredible Hulk that was like Fugo, I would maybe care about the Incredible Is Fugo, Hulk. What's his sign? The wiki doesn't list him as having a canonical birthday. What? Wow. And here we thought Narancha was a character that Iraqi didn't care about. 
<laughs> when Iraqi doesn't even give you a birthday. Yeah, the only times it's acceptable for Iraqi not to give a character a birthday is when it's an obvious AU version of a of a character. character. Yeah, where you're like, it's probably the same birthday. Yeah. I'm just leveled by that. Yeah, me too, actually. Shit. Like, I think I like Fugo more than you do, but I think even you are like, you wouldn't be like, he shouldn't have a birthday. I want to know what his sign is. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Ugh. All right, well, write in and let us know what you think Fugo's sign is. Because I, I was going to say, I think, he's, I think he's Aries, but he also could be Gemini. I think he has really big Scorpio energy. Mm, I could see that, too. See, that's what I mean. I'm just like, yeah. this is a, this is this will be the next podcast. I'm like, well, I reluctantly think he's Aries because <laughs> I am an Aries. But if he were Aries, that would also explain one of the reasons I hate him. It would also explain stuff that happens later. Which one's like, the virus sign? Yeah. What's, <laughs> the, what's the one that just infects and murders everyone? Aries. Yeah. <laughs> Gemini. Gemini. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to be reeling. Who else has a Rocky neglected to give very basic character there's facts a few. There's a, there's a few from part four who we tried to figure this out for and they didn't have a birthday either. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Joestar doesn't have a birthday, but it's obviously... His birthday is Jonathan Joestar's yeah, birthday. April yeah, April yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Do we even know what Fugo's favorite movie is? Yeah. We don't. What's his favorite food? We don't know any of this about him. Rocky doesn't give a shit about Fugo. Apparently. We know he doesn't like to be sexually assaulted. Okay, they added that, right? Yeah, David Productions added a, a sexual assault to Fugo's backstory. I don't remember. I mean, I guess it was just he was just rich. You've yeah, read part five was, more than I have. In the manga, it's like he was a child genius who went to university at a young age and, and was expelled for beating the shit out of yeah. a professor. Right. And there's no... But there's no reason. Yeah. Right. Because obviously in this circumstance, his professor got what was coming Right. To like him. that's the thing. I, I feel like it's two very different things. Random anger versus justified anger at someone who has sexually assaulted yeah. you. Although, yeah. Although it makes sense. I mean, like as a... At, if I were David Pro and I were given that material to work with, I would be like, well, okay, a 12-year-old wouldn't like beat up a grown adult for no reason. But you know what? Why he might if he killed his dog. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Yet again. Yeah. Yeah. And David Productions could have just made the professor kill yeah. Fugo's dog. So this is now the second situation what in Vento Oreo on over where there? David Productions has added more explicit more sexual explicit violence. sexual violence. Like, because Mista's right, little... The, the woman in the car. Yeah. The, like, half-hour movie of that woman getting assaulted in a car. Yeah, like, that was not as... Graphic. Graphic or explicit or whatever in the manga. And now this, too. And we talked at the beginning of season four about how they made Angelo's rapiness, like... Way more worse. explicit. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan of that. This is why Araki's dog tactic was so good. Yeah, because you avoided a, all of this. And it's a real shame that there's no more dog deaths in JoJo. Yeah, ever like again. ever again. I hope you liked the dog death minutes because yeah. they're gone. It's actually, I'm glad because I was running out of time. I know, yeah. We need a dog death minute, <laughs> death minute. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> a minute to celebrate the dog death minute. One of the problems with this is then it's like we're now falling into like deeply inaccurate representations of how like child molestation and grooming works. Cause I mean, well, not yeah. that I want to like discourse on no. that, but it's just like this is this is like it's it's a boring media trope that's not even true. Where it's just like, ah, yes, the dirty old man who like 
semi-violently coerces a kid. And well, it, it's like, I I'm think like, That's also it. that he's, I mean, even though he is a kid, he's also a college student. Right. And I think that like this isn't super off from like how some professors yeah, behave at, with true college. Yeah. yeah. So right. like, obviously like they're not showing us, this isn't like a, Oh, this is what it's like when like your neighbor molests you. When right. You're a but, kid if, or but if, uh, but like if, if Fugo were in the, position of like a 19 year old girl right in yeah. university that more totally would happen. Like that, yeah because yeah. So. yeah usually if it's like with children like yeah. the kids don't even perceive it necessarily as right as not but i think the idea is that he's like already like living as an adult yeah and also we talked about this he's like in law school right yeah so apparently in italy there's like an undergrad law program and a grad law program, and most lawyers do both. So I'm assuming that Fugo is on the track to being a lawyer and starting out at age 13 in undergraduate law. Imagine being in a courtroom. with Yeah, your child lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it reminds me of that tweet about Fire Emblem Three Houses where it's like, oh, imagine being a, a soldier on the field and then getting an arrow in your eyeball. And last thing you hear before you die is a 17-year-old going, that was too easy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it's just, it's, uh, I don't know if Fugo ever would have made a successful lawyer. Lawyers have been <laughs> really calm. That's like, definitely not true. I know of a person who has mm. specifically anger issues and has led a very successful career for many decades. Wow. As, as an attorney. a lawyer. I mean, I think the, the thing is, right, Fugo is good at keeping it bottled up 99% of the time. So as long as he doesn't let his rage out in the courtroom. But also like... People who have rage issues can kind of like sometimes channel them if they're really smart and then like just not remember doing all the oh, arguing. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are just afraid of them, but also they won. And then yeah. they're like, oh, right. wow, I don't even know why people are afraid of me. Yeah. And then yeah. you're just like, uh. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I take it back. Maybe he would have been the world's best lawyer and look at what we lost. Instead, he's actually using his intellect to its fullest. I joined the mafia. This is some Jeff Bezos logic for me, where it's like, ah, yes, the only way I can fully flex my brain is to do crime. It's like, sure. Sure it is. I mean... I guess. Crime is the ultimate art form. Yeah. <laughs> really, though, a, a knowledge of the law does seem very helpful. Oh, totally. I think that's why like our entire legal system is set up to reward people who can avoid getting caught yeah but if he yeah. was if, so if you're smart but he did but only the, have like the galaxy one year of... the galaxy brain version of this though is he would become a lawyer for the mob which oh, is yeah. like the actual most evil and most full way to use your law degree no but you're saying he would be like stringer bell and string is great yeah but yeah and on, so this is yet another time where it's like directions that this could have gone plot wise yes and it did not <sighs> Because, yeah, and, like, Bruno doesn't have a conciliary, you know, like, he does in a vacuum. But, like, usually you have, like, the person in the mob who you put through law school to legally <laughs> represent the mob so that you don't have to, like, get a normal lawyer. I mean, I know this from... The Godfather. Media. You know, like, I don't, I don't <laughs> actually know very much at all about how actual organized crime works. You or look at me like... Neither does a Rocky, so I don't... You look at me like I'm going to start talking about my... my your grandfather who was in the Jewish mob. <laughs> no, but this is this which is, is a, true. Yeah, but I don't know anything. This about is it. a trope from from mafia media, which yeah. is obviously what Iraqi's working off of, right? Here. So it's just like, yeah, having someone be like your mob lawyer. I feel like that could have been a cool thing for Fugo to do. But he was also Bruno's first 
recruit. Find. Yeah. Oh, Fugo's like stealing from the restaurant. Yeah, the ways that Bruno decides to add people to his. He's like, I like your style. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of getting a bunch of twinks together. Right. And you seem to have anger issues, and that's a positive. <laughs> <laughs> with the Bakio, it's like, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. And then with well, Naranja, it's like, you can't survive on your own. I mean, I think that he awesome. finds people who need him. Yeah. And no, nothing that the end of the sentence is going to make Bruno sound good. Just... He's not <laughs> a good person. He finds he's, people who will rely on him. He's he, not a good person. He's just a sexy person. Yeah. I never said Bruno was a good person. Within his own set of, you know, the, yeah, the internal, yeah. within the internal logic of the gang, he is good. Compared to the Hitman squad and the boss of Passione, Bruno is a good person. Yeah. yeah so he's just relatively less bad. Yeah. Um, but he he does not sell drugs to kids. But he, Yeah, exactly. The only thing that matters. But he definitely finds vulnerable people yeah. and grooms them for his purposes. That's true. Yes, to um, die for him. Yeah. Fugo gets a stand when he joins the mob and his stand is Purple Haze. And I fucking love Purple Haze for a couple reasons. One is that I think it's hilarious that it's got anxiety and wants to be clean all the time because that's very relatable. I love the idea of um, stands having their own like personality quirks. Yes. Well, that's the same thing like with Mista. We see that yeah. too. With like we're starting to get this thing where it's like, it's not yeah. just an expression of your will. Like you want to punch something and yeah. so the stand punch something. It's an expression of like, a subconscious part yeah. of yeah, you. Yeah, your anxieties get expressed as yeah. well. Right. So it's like your needs and and maybe like unspoken desires and feelings that you wouldn't otherwise uh, express. That's like what your stand can be. So in Fugo's case, it totally is. And that's awesome. I like how, how Iraqis like really gotten into some Wikipedia digging on various kinds of OCD. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, I enjoy looking at because I, I like it because like, between Mista's obsession with the number four and Fugo's stands cleanliness thing, like they're both two very different strands of OCD and not like the normal kind that you usually see. I but mean, yeah. the, the cleanliness one kind of is, but the fact that there's the fact that there's more than one. Like, yeah, makes it. it's like different kinds of hyperfixation yeah. instead of just like. I don't like that show Monk or exactly. Whatever. That's yeah. always what I'm thinking of. I, I'm thinking of bad OCD. Yep, I love the scene where Fugo goes to stab his dad and then puts his own hand <laughs> on his like, big, big mood. <laughs> uh, the whole time, like, kill your dad. Kill yeah. your dad. Yeah, that's that's actually what Darius was chanting. That I was literally scene. chanting it. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's, it, like, I think it's interesting that it was sort of choreographed that way because I think this whole season is basically Iraqi dancing around these like this whole parts of self concept, which I think in Western media, like the classic is the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, mm -hmm. which is the least accurate or interesting version of that. Um, and then in modern culture, you would have like the incredible Hulk, which is essentially the same Fight thing. Club. Yeah. <laughs> if I could push a button and unmake a movie <laughs> in the last 30 years. But yeah, so it's that thing of, of just like, there's two sides and they're like not in communication and like there's only two, but it's like your halves or whatever. Yeah, and they fight um, with each other. Right. And one of them does bad things. Right. And it's like, I really like the gang and a lot of the stuff this season because it's much more nuanced than that and much more interesting. And it's not just this thing of that. It's like, there's a bad self and a good self. Like I really wish we could all unadopt Freud's concept of how 
I really wish we could unadopt tons of Freud. Yeah. Things. But yeah, this thing that it's just like there's a one conscious mind and one unconscious mind. It's like that's not really how the brain works. It's cool that like we start off with Fugo sort of doing that kind of thing where it's like half of me is controlling me and half of me is out of control. But then it's like even his quote unquote uncontrolled half has like a you know unique quirks and personality and is m- much richer than just like just a kill. monster. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, because that's not actually how yeah. we're all constructed. And also it just makes for better media. Like it's, it, it's a, a classic turn to make something really scary, kind of cute, especially because I was staring at it, it's like, I forgot that it drools on itself and that's yeah. what triggers it. And so like, I was just staring. I was like, man, they really like went to town on that saliva. Yeah. And I was like, oh, good. I was supposed to notice that. I I did a good job watching the show. (laughs) Also, like, I've talked about this before, and I've said that there's going to be another one, but I really like the idea of giving, quote-unquote, good guys, like, what are basically villain superpowers that are too powerful and they can't really use them. Yeah. So, like, you had it with Okuyasu, who ends up with, like, a vanilla ice-ish power and therefore almost never uses it because, like, he doesn't understand it and it's too powerful and he's, like, not smart enough to use it wisely until... Well, he's smart enough to know that it's not wise to use, honestly. Yeah, until he dies and comes back and then can figure it out, which is fair enough. And Fugo, like, with Purple Haze... It's another one where it's like, this is clearly a villain power. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and Fugo, but Fugo also is like responsible enough to almost never use it and to kind of have like a healthy fear of his own power, which is a really cool thing that Araki does and kind of unusual still somehow. Yeah. Let's talk about this nothing of an enemy stand user. Um, so he's, <sighs> it's his like name a- is... Illuso. His, really? Yeah. It's a bad pastiche of past JoJo's villains. Yeah. It's like it's like if the actual stand user looks kind of like Vanilla Ice, kind of like Steely Dan. His actual stand, Man in the Mirror, is named after the Michael Jackson song, Man in the Mirror. If you're <laughs> not familiar with that, then like you're welcome. Go go familiarize yourself. But uh Earnest pop music. The stand itself. Courtney said it looks like it looks like Iggy's the fool, but crappy, like, like crappier. crappier. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, not, the, it doesn't the, have a native headdress. Yeah, I was gonna so say the, that the, appro- the cultural appropriative elements have been removed, which I always appreciate. But it's like it's not even a robot anymore. It's just a guy <laughs> with a gimp mask, a cape, and sunglasses. That's gimp mask appropriation, TBH. <laughs> just kidding. Iraqi could never appropriate. <laughs> yeah, gimp no. Masks. Sunglasses. He's clearly. Is, you can't appropriate a culture you're from. Okay. Yeah, he's exactly. Sunglasses is cool, dude. Appropriation. <sighs> I will say that Fugo's stand wears a Venetian-style plague mask, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but it's like a design. clear visor version yeah. of the plague yeah. mask. But it's still, it's, you know, it oh, makes yeah. sense. It's yeah. Cool. No, his stand, Fugo's stand is where all the design happened. Yeah. Like, Araki didn't have time left, and so he was like, I'm just going to poop something out. For but the yeah, yeah, Man in the Mirror is just a dude with a gym mask and sunglasses and a, and a cape. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, just like, and at one just point, a guy. And like, I mean, I, mean, I oh, vastly he the, prefer... He's like the rabbit demon from... Uh, the, from the, the moon viewing. Yeah, uh, the, the spoke Shibi Roma. Yeah, 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 essentially. With the guy yeah, who's just, just a dude like, in a bad outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at one point, Eluso sort of does a gesture while he's talking, and his stand does this really big arms gesture. And I was like, are you just here to be his hype man? Yes, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Man in the Mirror is just the Flava Flav to Eluso's Chuck D. Yeah, it's 
it's not great. And like, I don't understand or care to understand very much about how his, his stand works. Um, I mean, it's actually not that it's not that yeah. I'm being willfully ignorant because I don't. like. So it. the way that it works is I've always liked this battle. Yeah, there's so kind of like with Jay Guile, the stand lives in a mirror, the mirror the, world. The difference between Jay Guile and this is that he can pull people into the mirror world and he can pull more than one person in. Apparently, he just chooses not to for strategic reasons. And the only thing that exists in the mirror world besides the living things that he's pulled in and himself is non-living objects. So uh, at the at the end of the episode, when Fugo kills some crows or ravens or whatever, the birds die, and once they're dead, they end up in the mirror world. Apparently clothes don't count, because as we've determined many times, from the invisible baby to Naranja's shoe, shoe yeah. clothes are part of your, part of your body. Being. Once you Which I guess on, makes sense. Like, Araki's so into fashion, I guess he would assume that the clothing you wear is like an expression of your will. Much well, maybe like, like this how, what happened with Jotaro's hat. It just, it, yeah. yeah. It just like, never occurred to him that a hat was a separate part of the body. And right, so when someone asked him, he was like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, he was born with it. Maybe it's like that Shinto thing where everything has its own... It's like animism. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like once you put it on, it basically once is like get, synchronized with you. Right. Once I mean, you very, imbue a thing with meaning, it becomes... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly how I imagine Araki thinks about his own wardrobe. Well, yeah. So... Sure. Yeah. Um, I can't believe we just solved Jotaro's hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so that's that's the other branching path. The other one would be... Unicorn. It's a unicorn horn. Yeah. My other hat is a unicorn horn. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. My main note is that Narancha would never survive this fight. Like, you have to be so smart to figure out what's going on. And Narancha couldn't even figure out that, like... <laughs> How to drive to the store. Yeah, or that, like, spiders shoot webs. You know, like, there's just, like, so many things that he doesn't know about the world. Narancha is really the Joey of this friend group. <laughs> <laughs> I do love in the last, this is last episode, but I do love when Formaggio finds the map with everything marked in it, and yeah. he's like, how stupid are <laughs> so you? So stupid. And the answer is, yeah, extremely stupid. Okay, so basically the fight is you're trapped in the mirror, and somehow he can separate you from your stand. Which seems unlikely. Does not check out. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't totally understand how that works. That seems, like, that's just, like, that's Calvin Ball. Like, that's too powerful. Like, you can't just be like, oh... I can allow living things in, but I can keep, I can even keep out viruses and bacteria and shit. I guess but if, I guess if Fugo's stand is technically an automatic stand. Oh I, yeah, but he can make it punch. That's true. He can. So like, that's it's, true because Fugo's stand. like thinking and telling the communicating with the stand to like punch certain things. So, right. Yeah, it's not an automatic. Stand. So in my head, I feel like actually what he does is he also pulls... if Fugo's stand dies, presumably Fugo dies. Right. Which is not true of automatic stands. And it's so. like if you. So I honestly think he just pulls your body in, and you're not even really fully alive. Yeah. Especially if you're a stand user. Yeah, he pulls your body in and leaves you. Like you're yeah, like at least something. some part of you. Like it, it's a really good thing that Mista isn't in this fight. That's all I can say because it's just like I, I'd be like, can some of the bullets make it through? Yeah. Like where where is the line? <laughs> um, yeah, it's confusing. Can we explain this? Right, I'm trying to. I mean, okay, so he. I mean, I think that the explanation is that like, okay, okay, maybe stands aren't technically alive. Okay, I I buy that. So, like, stands, even if they do have, like, they're animated. Right. But they don't 
have like it seems to me like that the concept of living versus non-living is pretty straightforward in this case if a crow can die and right and then shows in there yeah. right and i guess and i guess like especially if we want to talk about like theories of parts of self like if that's what your stand is like like a part of yourself Wait, but is if not a biological is, organism yeah but if the right? stand was not alive then shouldn't it be in there i just yeah. i accidentally oh yeah that's true yeah so you made it thing. worse yeah. Okay, so stands are technically alive. Right. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and they're they're technically alive and he can choose which alive beings he wants to yeah. bring in yeah. or he not. Chooses so a he part chooses of you. to bring yeah, you but not your stand. Okay. I still think it's like way yeah. too if Narancha were in this fight, his stand would be in the mirror world. Because he would just have his because little Because it plane. would just be in Twilight. So we've mentioned a couple times there's a PS2 game based on part five that we will be playing through at the end of this season. It's actually really good. It's it's a really it's got really good voice acting. Is there an English patch for the subs? There probably no, is. No, there's not sure? an English patch. I I just sort of played through and like there's like translations of the menus and stuff, mm-hmm. so you can like, you know, play, but there's not a patch for the huh. game. So Wild. But if you've played, if you've read the manga, it's you know exactly what's going on at all times. So, anyway, uh, the man in the mirror fight in the game, they do this thing where when you go in the mirror world, they reverse all the controls, which like correct decision, which is the correct decision. But it sucks if you're playing on an emulator on a keyboard because like like when when controls get reversed in games, you can just turn the controller upside down and move around. Or but, if you're like me, suffer or suffer. Yeah. So anyway, so that's where I actually stopped playing the game last time because I was like, fuck this, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not dealing with this shit. <laughs> I like how Jorno is not doing the thing that I think is reasonable here. I actually think Abakio is correct. Yeah, me too. And so I appreciate that Jorno happens to be lucky enough to live in a world that affirms his bad decision making. But that's because he's Jorno. Like, I know, he, yeah. Like, I mean, he isn't that most JoJo's? Yes. Also, like, Jorno almost never like makes decisions that would be right if he weren't Jorno. <laughs> I mean, like, he's constantly doing bad shit I mean that's extreme Joseph Joestar energy a world that affirms your bad decision (laughs) I'm just gonna punch God and see what happens oh I killed God lucky JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Ora Ora, Oregon you can follow us on Twitter at ExplainJoJo or find us on the web at ExplainJoJo.com we love to hear from our listeners so please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us the kind of review that Purple Haze would leave for good personal hygiene 